Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. This is the third time that I'm recording a podcast episode in this way. And it's part of our big talks with the Mindful Life Practice. So for Mindful Life Practice members, they get to be here with us live every week when we record these conversations and ask any questions and and be involved in the conversation. And today I am really excited to have Brenda Bennett here with me. And Brenda has been involved in the Mindful Life Practice for a while. She actually joined us on our Mexico retreat in June, and it was there when she really blew away all of us on teaching us about the intu- our intuition and our different senses and how we can use our sensory input to, to start to listen to our intuition and trust and follow our intuition. And so I thought that she would be an amazing guest to have on the show to, to share a bit more about that. So welcome, Brenda. How are you? Yo, no, I'm so excited. Yeah. To pre-apologize, I do have a little bit of a cold, so um voice is a little cracky. But no, I'm really I'm so excited to be here when you offered after the Mexico retreat. I was just I was just blown away. I'm so excited. I love sharing this with everybody. So I appreciate the opportunity. So happy to have you here. Thank you. And Luna's here too. She'll probably make an appearance. My cat will probably be walking on screen as well. Sweet. Oh, love that. Amazing. <laughs> my cat is inside right now because I'm sitting outside doing this recording and I'm a bit afraid of, uh, we're in a new-ish spot and I'm afraid of her wandering away. So my cat will not make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So Brenda, feel free to take it away with uh Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I really got into intuition organically, like anything else, I'd I'd say, you know, to loop it back into, you know, why we're here with mindful life, you know, for the longest time, I didn't listen to my intuition. And drinking became a really big way to silence it. I was in a job that was incredibly unhappy in doing all the things society tells you to do, just just work, just put in your hours, nobody really enjoys their job, etc. But I knew it was not meant for me. Lots and lots of whispers, hints, um, callings to other things, but I didn't follow it. And so really, you know, to, again, to leave it back in, that's really when my drinking started. Um, the more my intuition was screaming <laughs> at me that this was not what I was meant to do, the more my drinking kind of took hold. And so I've been, you know, I've been sober 18 months now and, you know, everybody says it, but it's so true. Everything's really turned around. I, you know, I quit my corporate job and now I'm pursuing this beautiful life of, of coaching people and intuition is a big part of it. Um, we do a lot of work in the future self, um, working with our future self to to get to to where we want to be, to have the courage to listen to our intuition. And, you know, to listen to our intuition, we truly have to have self-trust. <laughs> so that is really, you know, a lot of, of the work that I do. So we're going to talk about intuition. Hi, Luna. <laughs> but so much of the work <laughs> is truly everything I'll talk about is truly about having self-trust and and trusting that the voice is is real, um, and then finding that courage to to listen to it. 
So yeah, that's a little bit of background, how I got into it. Fortunate to have, you know, even though I knew the voice was there, um, but the learnings that I've done is with Heather Alice Shea with Atmana Academy. I'm just looping it into my own coaching, but really fortunate that as I came into this path and really knew the intuition and working with my future self was the way that I left my corporate job with courage, et cetera. I was really fortunate to step out of it at right, just the right time, right? There are no coincidences, just synchronicities um, at the right time to find Heather and her work. So I'm um, excited to share um, and absolutely, you know, small group. I know you have some really good questions too, Alex. So if anything comes up, feel free to, you know, kind of stop me in the meantime. Uh, sound good? Perfect. Amazing. Perfect. Um, So we'll ask a little bit of participation now. Um, so what is intuition? How would you guys talk about intuition? How would you define it? I'll share that I think you asked this question in Mexico. And I'm pretty sure what I answered was that I can remember a time when I like when I hear intuition, I think about so strongly when I had made a major life decision that I knew was against my I knew it was the wrong path for me. And I remember my intuition. That was the strongest it's ever been. But I've certainly felt it many other times in my life. But at this point, it was like this deep, like it was like a full body reaction. And I was feeling it in different parts of my body. And I couldn't really explain why like I was like, I don't really know why I'm not supposed to do this. I'm just not and I feel that I get my intuition in I I think I don't feel it so strongly because I follow it much quicker um, in most other scenarios. Like I think this was the time when I had ignored, ignored, ignored for so long that it was just like, wham. Um, But I think I'm getting intuitive kind of hits all the time. And it's just kind of like this inner knowing of like, this is what I should do, even if it's against what other people think would logically be the right next step. Yeah, no, that that is a great, great way to talk about it. And you know, you're a perfect example of listening to it and following it, right? That you know, when we don't listen to it, it, it it dries up and it becomes more difficult to listen to. And, and I love how you've talked about it first, that it was more of a gut feeling. You know, I think that is kind of the natural thing that everybody talks about when they talk about intuition is I just had this gut feeling, but we'll go into why that's actually kind of the last place you feel it. Like, <laughs> like if the gut is where it's finally hitting and it's really super strong in your gut, you probably um, have had the hints for a while. Um, but just maybe haven't tapped in and listened to it. So, you know, I, I like that. So interesting. So interesting. Cause that was the one time I felt it so strongly in my gut that it was, it was like, I was sick. Like I was like, yeah. my whole stomach was like, Ugh. and I've never felt it like that at any other time. But I think I've had earlier signs that I've just felt, I just don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will absolutely get into that um, for sure. So you can, sounds like you're paying more attention now, but so that you can be even more aware of where that's coming in. Yeah. So really intuition, you know, most, you know, your definition is great, but it's kind of this deep sense of knowing something without knowing how you know it. Um, It's sensing, it's hearing. Uh, We'll absolutely get into the Claire's and talk about that, but it's truly that deep sense of knowing, not knowing where the information came from. Another way I like to think of it is, is, is it's a connection to the higher self. So we're guided kind of, you know, however you want to think about it, we're tapped into the unified field for science or the universe or God, or however you want to define it, you know, we all have that connection in and we generally would think of that through our higher self, our soul, etc. I really think that it's our soul's way of communicating with us. Um, something I've actually started thinking about a lot more lately, there's actually two types of intuition. So intuition in general is that knowing without knowing, and then it's kind of further subdivided into local and non-local intuition. Local intuition 
this is much more studied by science. This is the one that most people who aren't really into the woo, uh, they can get on board with. It is the quick processing of information of things that we've either been exposed to or know, or that subconsciously we're aware of, um, maybe things that we've learned but have forgotten. And it's just our rapid processing and accessing of that information in a situation. And it sometimes very much feels like intuition because it's information maybe we forgot or we learned a long time ago, or it's our brains making this beautiful connection of everything very, very quickly in real time with new information. So it does feel very new. It feels like something that's kind of come out of thin air. Um, But generally, when we're talking about local intuition, it's something that we've already been exposed to. The way I think of it is local intuition is my past self talking to me and giving me information. It's things that I've learned from my past, either this lifetime, other lifetimes, however you want to think about it. We'll get into time being nonlinear too. Um, but so there is, you know, the, that's the way I'm starting to think about it is that, okay, my past self helps me to make sense of the world around me in a very rapid way. The other type of intuition is non-local intuition. And this is more of the woo. This is the more um, more esoteric, the more more fun definition. And this is what we're really going to get into in a little bit with the science. How do you listen to it? How do you trust it? And that is kind of anything outside of that field. It's tapping into that unified field. It's information in real time that we haven't been exposed to. Um, I don't necessarily at this point in my intuitive journey have the gift of reading for others. But when we we think about like like Dan, right? He's truly tapping into somebody's field and reading their energy and reading their information. And you know, that is that's one way certainly that it that it shows up is we can read other people's, but we can also absolutely get information for ourselves. And that is the non-local intuition. This truly the more, again, we'll get into the science, but the the more woo definition, the definition that people are like, okay, that's getting a little bit <laughs> a little bit out there. Um, but it's pretty cool that science is finally catching up to um to where we are. So how do we know it's real? Um I I think we already used a really great example. So we all have experiences with it. You gave us a great example. Um, you know, we 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 have that gut feeling, but I love that you brought in that you feel it before because truly um, it is the last place that we feel it is in the gut. We have a lot of colloquial sayings like, um, oh, you know, my, my heart pulled me to do that. It's tugging on my heartstring. It's, I, I felt pulled in this direction. And, you know, it's, it's so a part of our phrases and our cultures without even really thinking about it. And we all had that experience. And truly the one that most people can really relate most to is when they didn't listen to it. <laughs> so we all have these, you know, we're always getting intuitive information, but I think the one that you can relate most to and that most people are like, yeah, you know what? I did have this time that I knew I shouldn't have done that and I did it anyway. And then, <laughs> so I think that is the one that most people identify very clearly with um, is, is, <clears throat> the experience of not listening to it. But let's learn how to actually listen to it and trust it so that we don't get to that point. So yeah, let's get into the science. I am going to look at my slides here. So there are two fundamental ways that we experience this world as physical beings. Um, it's matter and energy, right? So we have matter, we have things that we can touch, we are aware that we have a body, um, we are physically sensing the world around us. And then we know that energetically, there's a lot of information around us too, right? Everything we're seeing is is waves, everything we're hearing is energetic waves. So we're surrounded by matter and energy. And so matter at 
the atomic level, uh, anything that we're studying, <clears throat> getting into some physics is going to obey Newtonian laws, right? So, um, you know, the classic apple falling from the tree and hitting Newton in the head, right? That is physical world, Newtonian laws ruled the world for so long, really great at explaining how big things in this world work and operate. Um, but, you know, science is really getting into understanding more about what is going on at the subatomic level. Um, and that is where uh, we're getting into quantum physics in the quantum realm. So foundationally, we're finding that matter, even atoms can actually be studied even further. So, you know, we're used to protons, neutrons, electrons, et cetera. But finding that even those components of an atom are comprised of something further and it's quanta, it's energy. Everything is energy. It, there's two ways. Um, the fundamental, So the fundamental element is the quanta, is energy. And that is going to be either... Um, particle if it has slowed down enough to be a solid. So that's how we're experiencing the physical world. Or it's a wave. Um, so <clears throat> so quanta can be either a wave or it can be a particle. Um, and here is where we get into something really cool, kind of first study, is um, so these operate outside of the typical Newtonian space-time, the way that we perceive the world. You know, they they truly exist outside of the bounds. And you know, a, a great study, um, and I can get all the information, the quotes for it. But truly, when we took the when when some not me, <laughs> when physicists started studying um, at CERN, right, the the Hydron Collider, they they split a photon, right? So they took a singular photon and they split it to just to uncover its um, or to observe, I should say, to observe the way that it operates. And so they found a lot of really neat things. So they split a photon into two, kept this photon A over here with them, moved photon B some distance away to see how they operated. So a few things came out of this. They found that whenever they manipulated A, um, if if they if it became a, a wave or a particle or it moved a certain direction, at the exact same time, photon B moved in the exact same direction. So it was this idea of quantum entanglement that once energy is together, even when it's split, it still acts together. It's this idea, again, of this unified field. Everything is energy. Everything is interconnected. Even more interesting, and especially interesting for us, is they're observing this. They're like, wow, this is really cool. You know, I can see that this photon is doing what this photon's doing at the exact same time. And they started to notice that their thoughts actually impacted whether it was a wave or a particle. They could think about the the part the um, photon being a particle, <coughs> and it would be a particle. They thought about it being a wave. It would be a wave. We impact the world around us through our thoughts, and how else would that happen other than energy? So, energy is truly the substrate through which. Um, all communication happens, all interaction. Um, we're truly creating our existence and creating the world around us. And so energy is that substrate through which intuitive communication flows. So it's this idea going back to the beginning when we talked about is this um, the unified field is what um, is what science would call it. Is it um, is it God, et cetera, whatever it is, this is it's everything, the most basic elements of our world are energy. And that is how everything communicates and how we're able to enter, how we're able to communicate um, intuitively with others as well as with ourselves. So I think we're all familiar. Our five physical senses are what are, you know, sell, <laughs> sight, smell, touch, taste, sound are how we experience 
the um, matter world um, and how we are here on earth and we are experiencing the things around us. We're seeing, we're smelling, we're hearing, but I don't think any of us argue that we are in this like soup of information of waves of things that are going on around us that we're just not attuned to our senses can't hand like cannot pick up on all of the wavelengths right like we know that our dogs hear way outside of our wavelength of hearing and we don't question if that information exists we know it does we just know that we can't tune into it and that's the same with intuitive information so you know i i don't think there's any question that there's information out there that we can't attune to um it is a question of how do we tune into this information so i have a couple of really great quotes before we move on to the seven gateways and then how do we actually interpret this information um the first it's coming from Einstein himself. And this is Einstein is who really is the grandfather of quantum physics. And he said that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So even the grandfather of, of, of physics, this, this was his obsession was figuring this out. How do we exist in this world on this plane? Um, I think that he, at a very fundamental level, clearly knew that there was way beyond what we're sensing with our senses and that it is this intuitive knowing. And he gives credit that, you know, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> gives credit that that's the mind that we should be listening to. And that, you know, we've elevated this, you know, five pound lump of mass in our, in our skull and have made this the focus of our entire base of knowledge, but we're ignoring an awful lot of what's available to us out there. And then the other quote that I have is from Schrodinger. So I think we know Schrodinger's cat. Um, does it exist? Does it not? Um, the total number of minds in the universe is one. In fact, consciousness is a singularity phasing within all beings. So I love to see that science is catching up to what I think we've known esoterically and in things like yoga and in spirituality and in religion for a very, very long time. Um, to me, I love knowing this stuff. I know some people they are like, nope, I don't need to know it. I think it's just cool that it happens. I know and I trust that the universe is communicating, et cetera, et cetera. But for people that have maybe more of a left brain like me, I like the explanation. I think it's cool. Um, I like love seeing science and um, science and uh, more esoteric things come together. I call it swoo science woo. So everything I talk about, <laughs> everything I talk about is swoo. Um, <laughs> So we have, you know, we have our five senses and we continually always talk about a sixth sense and, you know, talk, people kind of refer to it again, colloquially as the sixth sense. Um, what is it? How do we sense intuitive information? We sense it through, through our heart center. Um, Alex, when we were on the retreat, it was perfect. We were talking about the heart chakra on the same day that we were doing this information or doing this, um, this presentation. So it was actually perfect timing. So you know, I, I think that energetically and, and people who who understand things like chakras and who that's an important part of, of their understanding and, and what they follow is very easy for them to understand. But again, scientifically, you know, how does this, how do we access this? Um, so the heart, heart math Institute is an institute that studies um, a lot of this um, more, again, esoteric, intuitive, how do we interact with energy in our world? And they, they call what, how we sense things, the heart brain. Truly, it's the heart brain gut, if we're going to, to get more, um, more specific. Um, but how do we know 
So if we communicate via elect um, via energy, <clears throat> we're going to be looking for electromagnetic fields, right? Where do we emanate from our body? Um, and where do we access information on electromagnetic way? And the places that you see the two fields in the human body have an electromagnetic field that's very measurable by science is around the heart and around the brain. Um, the toroidal field, it's called a toroidal field. It looks like a donut going around us. It's about three feet out measurably um, with today's scientific <laughs> with, um, analysis and ability to recognize energy. So it's a very strong field. It goes about from our heart center, about three feet out around us. So if you put your arms out, kind of your toroidal field is right around you. The brain uh, around the brain is a lot smaller. It probably only comes about um, maybe an inch off of the brain. So this heart center is energetic magnetic field is larger. It's 6,000 times, I'm sorry, 5,000 times more powerful than the electromagnetic field around the brain as well. So again, touching on what we talked about earlier, this, uh, you know, sayings that we've had for so, so long, right? Like my heart, my heart pulled me towards it, or I just felt it in my heart, it's tugging on my heartstrings, all of these things, we've always acknowledged that, you know, information does come in from the heart, we are pulled through our heart, you know, there is actually more neurocircuitry coming from the heart to the brain than there is from the brain to the heart. So our heart is communicating up information from the outside from our, our field up to the brain very quickly. And that's why I mentioned earlier that, you know, the information that we're getting, you know, gut feelings, people always say intuition is a gut feeling. Well, yes, it is. But that's probably the last place you're feeling it because information comes in from the space into our heart center registers to our brain. This is why our emotions hit before our thoughts hit, right? I I kind of take on the the coaching world when they say change your thoughts, change your life. It's really hard to change thoughts without the emotional backing behind it, right? Because we have beliefs and our beliefs about the world, they um they impact how how we receive information. So we really feel our emotions before we even feel our thoughts. So everything has to actually change at the emotional level. Because of this, because of this strong electromagnetic field, it's how we're interacting with the world. It's how we're sensing our world. So everything truly does come from our emotions. And really cool. So more experiments of how not just do do we bring information into our sense of reality, but we actually impact each other. So if you register, if you were to um, to scan and look at somebody's um, electromagnetic field readings off of their brain, you can actually sense somebody in their vicinity. You can start to see the wavelength, the pattern of their electromagnetic field impacting the electromagnetic field of the brain of somebody that they're interacting with. It's measurable. Um, you know, I, I think this is where we talked about Dan um, in our last, when we were in Mexico is, you know, how do you read somebody's emotions? How are you getting information about somebody else? Why can we walk into a room and feel how somebody else is feeling and how we do it? But even more than that, it's truly why it's important to surround yourself with people um, that are going to be more uplifting. We have an impact on each other. And I think we know that at a very fundamental level, but we're able to actually measure that in, in the electromagnetic field. 
um, especially within our brain. You know, I, I think we would absolutely find if they were to measure it within our heart space that the same thing is happening. Um, but because it's science, uh, we're so focused still on this, this, this lump mass in our, in our skull, uh, um, that that is where all of the science is still looking. So, um, yeah, so we, we sense things through our heart, heart mind, if you will. So any, any questions before we move into the seven Claire's no questions I just think it's so interesting and like I know that you've I've already kind of listened to you share about this once before and I still find it just as interesting the second time around and some of these um concepts like this idea that we actually can like you think like impacting people's energies is almost like a metaphorical thing, you know, and when it's actually backed up by science, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's really mind blowing. It's it's incredible. And I, I mean, I just think we're in this time where I don't know if you're sensing it too. I think that, that just everything is converging the way that the world is experiencing itself, right? The way we're experiencing the world, I guess, if you will, is just shifting so quickly and people are just so open to this. I, you know, I, I, when I talk about my coaching, yeah, we're, we are, we're shifting beliefs. We're talking about how to, to, to change your life. But fundamentally, what gets everybody really interested is the intuition. Everybody is incredibly, you know, interested in this. It's a how, how to use it to live a better life. And, you know, I just think that validation, um, that, that, that science gives to it, although, you know, and, you know, spiritually, I, I know that we feel it. Um, it just gives us that extra level of, of understanding. And it's just cool to, to see science. I don't know about you, but I, I I love I love science. So interesting. Oh, yeah. So the the there's they call them clairs. It's the way that we sense the information, right? So the information's coming in from the space around us. It's coming in through our heart field. Great. We don't have like an active <laughs> brain in our heart, or do we? Um, how do we sense? How is the information coming to us? It's almost like a different language. Um, so let's talk about the ways that things come in. Um, there's seven of them. Um, there's there's really four main. There's five main, um, and then there's there's two that most people at would say that they don't sense, or maybe it's the last to come online. Um, so we'll hit on the five main primarily, and then we'll talk about the other two. Um, I think it's important to note that you can have all of these, or you could have one of them. They there are something that you can develop. Um, you know, people maybe they feel like, well, you know, I'm I'm actually not very intuitive. That's not true. We're all born intuitive. It's kind of like uh, it's just something that we have to develop and practice, right? Like we all have the ability, I would say me very minimally, but to play basketball, right? But like Michael Jordan was just born with a little bit more strong of an ability to do that, but we can all work on it, right? We can all get to be better basketball players, I guess, if we spend our time doing that. (laughs) But that's the example that I have, right? So we're born with the ability. Some of us are just naturally born with a little bit stronger. And some of us have to work a little bit harder to get it. So I think you'll notice that you probably, as we go through these, would ask that, you know, you reflect of, of, wow, okay, which is my strongest gateway? Unlike kind of other physical traits and and things where, you know, we're working out, we want to work out all of our muscles and kind of balance. Truly, when you start to work with intuitive and information and you're starting to work on trusting it, um, it actually works better if you focus on the one area that you're strongest in. And then it seems like the other ones kind of come online. Um, I think it's just a matter of trusting and noticing and sensing and then following through on the information that helps to kind of 
open everything up. So the first is clairvoyance. And so this is what am I seeing in my mind's eye? It's kind of that screen that you see in your mind. Maybe it's a flash of a picture. Intuitive information doesn't generally come to you in sentences and, and full movies, et cetera. It's a flash. Um, it's a it's a quick um, <clears throat> beat of information. Um, so clairvoyance is seeing in your mind's eye pictures, etc. Um, clairaudience. This is this is hearing. This is that voice in the head. <laughs> this is this is when you're usually asking, okay, am I crazy? Am I talking to myself? But <clears throat> no, many times, you know, it is a it's a small voice. It's a quiet voice. It's a voice that's probably not having a full on conversation with you early on. It's probably whispers. It's probably you know a word or a brief sentence. Um, and, you know, for me, um, and, and, you know, you start to kind of pick up on it. Claire audience is one of my, um, one of my stronger, and I actually hear it as a voice and I hear it. It's quiet. It's a different voice than my normal thinking in my head voice. It's, um, and it's actually here. So my normal thinking, I'm kind of up here. The noise is up here. The, the rational thinking's here, but I know when it's my intuition, cause I kind of hear it from down to the left of me. Um, so that's kind of how I can pick up on, on Claire audience, um, and know that I'm not just talking to myself. Um, you know, it is, it doesn't always tell you what you want, but it's also not a voice that's scary or that's, you know, um, alarming. It's more of a, it's, it's more of, um, a, a guiding, um, positive or encouraging voice. Um, then there's Claire cognizance. Uh, what do I know or, or automatically just, it's, it's what do I automatically know? tell I just know something. Um so it's this this sense of wow, I just knew that was going to happen or I just I just knew. It's kind of the hardest to define because are we actually mapping together a lot of other information from our other sources and calling it clear cognizance? It's you know, it's very hard to tell. I can give an example. I was 16 and I just gotten my license and I'm driving home and I just suddenly knew that I was going to be in an accident. There was no there was nothing going on around me that was that was different. There was no reason for me to know. I just knew. Um and <laughs> 20 minutes later, I did get into uh, an accident. So, I was just as knowing without knowing. Um and it wasn't I wasn't sensing, I wasn't hearing. Um it wasn't a picture, it wasn't a word. It was just a, a knowing. Um, hardest to explain, but I think when you experience it, I think it's very clear to you um, that it's happened. And the next is clear sentience. And this is kind of, this is actually one, but some people will break it out into two. Clear sentience is feeling it in your body. And you can feel feelings. It's how do you walk into a room and you feel feelings that others are feeling, or you feel like you shouldn't be there, or you are in a situation that you just feel that you should get out of. And that, so that is a feeling that you have. And then clear sentience somatic, or what is sensations in my body. So something I'll notice is um, when something's right, or I'm supposed to do something or, you know, I'm trying, I'm accessing and trying to feel like, is this the right thing to do? I actually, we'll get chills. So for me, um, a somatic um, indication is is chills. Um, so people, again, it can be that gut feeling, I guess. Um, it can be butterflies in the stomach. It can be a sensation in the chest. So clairsentience is truly about what am I feeling both emotionally and then what are sensations that I'm feeling in my body. And then the last two are Claire Augustus and Claire Aliens. And these are the very, I would say minor too, but I'm very surprised how many times people will say, um, especially with Claire Aliens, that it's one that they get. Claire Augustus is um, 
tasting. Um, I've never actually had anybody tell me that they get this one, um, but it's 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 a taste. And then Claire Alliance is um, smells. Um, I think we know that smells are very particularly wired into our past um, and that smells can bring up a lot of emotions and memories very quickly. Um, and so I don't, you know, I I get that, but it's in, in relation to um, past memories, but I will absolutely have people that tell me like, no, I, I, I smell things when I know I should do something um, or, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I want to be, like there will be a certain smell associated with it. So that's, those are the two minors. Um, but um, I, I'm surprised how often people tell me, especially Claire aliens that they do sense that. Um, any questions on the Claris? No questions, but I just, as you share, it's just so interesting. And um, I, I remember something that I think I shared when we were, when we had this workshop in Mexico. I don't know if you remember this, but I know that I have feelings, but I also sometimes just have an, an inner knowing and something that I knew when I was getting on the plane, I was getting on the plane to leave Bali to go to, I was first going to Abu Dhabi, like I was doing a little vacation going to Abu Dhabi and then going to Canada. And I knew that my grandmother was going to die when I was in Canada. And I, I started writing about it. Like I wrote uh, something about it on my phone and it, I went back and looked when she did pass away. And I was, and it was like May 27th or something that I wrote that she passed away on June 17th. So it was like about three weeks prior and she wasn't, like she's actually doing well, like she had had a stroke in December, but she wasn't on like a decline. I had had no contact with anyone from family. There was no way that I could have known that other than like just knowing. And, um, and I think I have a lot more moments of that than I'm aware of because it's just part of my normal experience. Like I'm not writing down like this or that or, or anything. And it's just really, it's cool to be listening and then categorizing them. I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that that really helps you identify your, your strength too, right? Mm -hmm. Like Claire Cognizance, that was definitely something you mentioned in Mexico. And, yeah. you know, even earlier when you were talking, it's just like, no, I just know that I should do this. I just, I just yeah. know. And I know that that is my strongest as well. So I know that feeling and, and, you know, it, touched on it briefly earlier, but when you follow your intuitive hits and you listen and you notice the synchronicities, right? That's that's really like, in my opinion, how the universe communicates with us, right? So we get all of these hits, these these senses, these, um, you know, this clairvoyance, whatever it is that we get. And then what? Like, how do we mm -hmm. interpret it, right? What do we do with that information? I mean, it's, it's, want to call it a cool party trick but to, you know like we we did um you know you can sense it and you you can try to point your your awareness in that direction like when we were in mexico we did the coordinates exercise which is when i show people coordinates and with no other no other guidance other than just the numbers that i'm showing them you know we walk through an exercise of of cultivating inner awareness as a very brief exercise of just it's a little different than a meditation. We want to be aware of what's going on, but we're really bringing our attention inside. And then, you know, you look at the numbers and you see um, what comes up for you. And it was amazing. And I'm always amazed when I do this exercise with everybody, but especially when we did it in the group and people are saying the same things that they're seeing. You know, I, I, I gave the coordinates for Big Ben and people were saying the same thing. It's on the water. Um, I'm seeing tall buildings. I'm seeing... It was always towers. People were seeing towers, and but everybody caught that it was on water. Everybody caught that there was tall towers. People were even getting things like, um, I mean, Anna knew it immediately. One of the participants just knew it. Like it was that Claire Cognizance moment for her. But I, I think that, you know, okay, so I'm not going to call it a cool party trick, but I think it's really cool evidence to see that it works. But truly, okay, we have it now what? 
right? We have this intuitive information that's coming into us. How do we learn to work with it and interpret it? Um, and, <clears throat> you know, it, the universe, unified field, uh, our future self, our higher self, whatever it is, communicates to us. Sometimes it's very direct with cognizance. Sometimes it's in um, metaphors, right? So it is teasing out and learning and learning your language. It's not a universal the language for the most part, but it's truly learning what does it mean for you when you get this information, these things that you see repeat and and kind of playing with it and getting to know it. And the way that we do it um, is through actually taking action, right? So it is, it's it's field testing and really getting to to know and to trust. And you you will find the more that you follow your intuition, the more that it shows up and the more that life just truly unfolds with so much more ease and you're pointed to the next direction of what is for you. And I can't explain it. I don't have the science behind that. And I would think it would sound crazy if I wasn't experiencing it or around a lot of other people who are experiencing it too. But I really, you know, if you get down to it, it really feels like we have this soul path. We have this path that we're we're here to do, this thing that we're here to fulfill. And however, however that came into being, um, intuition helps us to follow that and to be on the path. And the more we can trust ourselves and know ourselves, the better and more strong our intuition becomes. And the more we trust our intuition, the more we start to trust ourselves. So it's this beautiful kind of infinite loop of reinforcement um, that it offers us as a part of our life path. And that's kind of how that's kind of how I like to think of it. That's kind of how I've integrated it into my life is, yes, I've loved studying it. I love the science of it, but but then what, right? Like, what do we do with that information? And it is, <clears throat> I I can just say from experience, mine, other people's, that, that following and listening really does take you to the path of your happiest, most content, most peaceful life. That was amazing, Brenda. Oh my God. So fascinating <laughs> and inspiring and like exciting. Like I'm just so interested in in all of it in in learning more and in practicing and and really listening closely to the intuitive sparks that i i get and and what that experience is like for me yeah and just just keep following it and you know you never know if the information is for now like you experienced it it was it was for the future mm-hmm. with your grandma um it's trusting that the information isn't wrong it's how we interpret it and the more we work with it the more we get better at interpreting what it means for us and then how to act on it. But just like anything in life, um, you know, taking the big action, <laughs> following the intuition, following the hit, like the action is where where the results come in um, and, and where we can truly, you know, really use it as the, the beautiful tool that it is um, here to meant to guide us to help us in this life. Thank you so much, Brenda. And I'm going to, when I publish this podcast episode, I'm going to put like um, any links that you have or any information, but do you have anything coming up or anything you want to share with our audience if they're looking uh, for you and working with you? Yeah. So I I do one-on-one work. Um, I am launching group coaching as well. Um, I have kind of my beta group starting Tuesday. Um, Like I mentioned, a lot of it is, it's intuition, but it's truly looping in. How do you work from your future self? I, that is the biggest tool that helped me to stop drinking was to develop this, this, this character, this true future self version of myself, really getting to know my beliefs, what I want in this world, untangling what's mine, what's somebody else's, what, what do I truly want? 
versus what was I told in this life (laughs) that I should do and truly defining this person and then finding the ways to become her. Um, So the workshop is all about that. Um, And I will, at the end of that, at the end of October, I will be rolling that out live. So we'll have that as an option um, for people to work with me as well, um, aside from one-on-one work. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So that's the ways to work with me. Thank you so much. Hi friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here. So thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one-week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.